So I'm going to take you to 2 Timothy 3.7 in the King James Version. And we're going through the little foxes. Because the little foxes want to try to take these things away from you. The little fox wants to keep you in bondage. The foxes want to tell you you are set free. You're not made free. You can't move freely because you've got always the jailer. You've always got the accuser that's coming after you. But when you're made free, he has no legal right to you anymore. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Okay. But you have to accept it. You have to believe it. What you said a moment ago. You have to believe it. 2 Timothy 3, 7. Ever learning. Here's the problem. We're ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Truth is imperative. We have to have it. But we are ever learning. You've got people going to Bible studies, and they're going to Bible colleges, and they're listening to seminars, and they're praying 24-7, and they're still not getting to the truth of Jesus Christ. They still don't see him as the redeemer, the savior, the healer, the deliverer. They don't see those things because they're not truly made free. Because when you're made free, you understand the power that Jesus has in your life. So we're ever learning. And the little foxes want to keep you ever learning but ever able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Truth will truly Watch this, John 8, 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth. Here's the difference. And he made it very clear. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Not set you free. Make you free. They answered him and said, We be Abraham's seed. Don't you know who we are, Jesus? We're Christians. I'm a Christian. Don't you see who I am? We're Abraham's seed. We're children of faith. Watch Jesus. We're Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall be made free? But in verse 34, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. So understand that we're all servants of sin until something happens. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. In everything you do, you shall be free. You want to see freedom in the house of the Lord? You want to see freedom in your own, your personal home? Then you've got to start saying, I am free. I'm not, been, I'm not just set free, I was born free. Born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Little foxes want to hide that from you. And little foxes are filled with trickery and treachery, trying to take you out of the goodness of the Lord and the things he has for you, Floyd. He'll try to remind you of all the wicked things you've done. Has anyone ever gotten alone and, and the Satan, or let's just call him Satan, your own carnal mind will start reminding you of some of the bad things you have done. All the time. Do you think that's God? No, it's little foxes. It's the enemy. He'll try to strip away at the vine of relationship with God. Try to strip away that relationship. Try to strip away your freedom. I'm ready to be resurrected through the power of Jesus Christ. 
I'm ready to be not just set free, but made free. I'm ready to defeat the little foxes in my life. You know, people are always looking. They're running here and there looking for a word from God. I just need a word. A great message. Now hear me. So you hear a word. A great message. But without covenant relationship, it remains words just spoken and greatness deferred. It means nothing. What do you mean? It's human nature. You will only listen to or follow that which you respect or honor. So if you receive a word, does that mean you'll respect that word? Because I've given people a word before and then totally negate it and neglect it. So when people say, I'm looking for a word from God, I'm wondering what, what word more word do you need? I just gave you the most valuable word you could ever have when I just told you you were free. The devil don't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to know you're free. He doesn't want you to know you're made free. You say, but I'm such an angry person. No, you've been set free from that too. You're made free from that. You're not angry. But I'm hurt. No, you've been made from, free from that too. But I've been abused when I was a child. You've been made free from that. Well, you don't know where I've been. I don't care because I've been made free. Prejudice, made free. Separatist, made free. All those things you have to understand is gone through Jesus Christ. I am a new creature. Is that what the Bible says? A new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become Daddy would say brand new. I mean, it's, it's a matter of what you respect in life. Covenant relationship is imperative, and the little foxes want to destroy that. But understand, it's the same as with your giving, how you give. A person will only give to that which is most important to them. If NASCAR is more important to you than God's house, you're going to support NASCAR. If fishing is more important than God, you'll, important fi you'll support fishing more than God. Whatever you love, that's what you're going to support. You give me someone's financial records, let me see them. Lay them down in front of me, and I'll tell you what they love. It'll show. So, Covenant demands, something the Lord spoke to me earlier this morning. Covenant demands commitment, obedience, and action. If you really want to be in covenant, it demands it. Commitment, obedience, and action. But these are the little things the foxes try to destroy. But here is a man that walked in agreement with God, that was in, in relationship with God, obviously. But there was a lot of little foxes around him, a little hindrances that would have stopped him. The man I'm going to tell you about here for a moment is the son of Lamech. His name is Noah. And Noah was just like us. What do you mean by that? He had a family. He had a job. He had some things to do. He had plans for his future. He wanted a condo. He wanted a, he wanted 
a nice car. I'm putting it in today's vernacular. But you understand, he had hope for his future and the future of his children. The Bible says in Genesis 5, 28 through 31 in the New International Version, when Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. Now that within itself is a miracle. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. He named him Noah and said he will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord had cursed. Remember in the, in the Genesis story, God cursed the ground because of their sin. Now watch. After Noah was born, Lamech lived uh, 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Lamech lived 777 years and then he died. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I want you to see him in your mind's eye today, this man, as he starts to work one day. With a lot of little foxes in an environment of evil. In an aquarium of filth. Because that's what had happened. I'm going to show you. He goes to work, he and his sons, maybe they're tending their animals or working in the field, minding their own business. But how many people know covenant doesn't allow you to mind your own business? Minding their own business, for they had separated themselves from the sinful environment. Genesis 6 verse 1 in the NIV. When men began to increase in number, now watch this, this is important. Men started increasing in number and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the daughters of men were beautiful. These were angelic beings. And they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not contend with man forever. For he is mortal. His days will be. And here's where I get. I'm going to live to be 120 years old. It's right there. His days will be 120 years. That's my promise. The Nephilim were on the earth, giants. That's verse 4. Giants were on the earth in those days because the sons of God saw the daughters of men. They had giants. And also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness was on earth and had become that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved. That he had made man on the earth. And his heart was filled with pain. Hmm. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth. Men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air. For I am grieved that I have made them. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground, the birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made him. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time. And he walked with God. He walked with God. That means, Floyd, when he got up in the morning, he walked with God. When he went to bed at night, he was walking with God. When he went out to feed the animals, he walked with God. 
There was no specific or set time that he got alone with God. Oh, y'all have to hear me. I was alone with God 24-7. Vicki, are you picking this up? He was with him all the time. When you're out cooking, when you're vacuum cleaning, when you're chasing Christian, it's all about I'm with the Lord. I'm walking with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on the earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark. Now let's just make this clear. They had never seen anything like this before. What he's about to tell him in covenant relationship, which is not even called covenant yet, I'll show you. It's just he walked with God. He's about to tell him to do something. That's why he's about to give him dimensions because he didn't have a clue what he was going to build. But commitment, covenant demands you to follow orders. If you want to be a recipient of the covenant. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you're going to build it. Now watch, he gave me specifics. 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. Make a roof for it and finish the ark to within 18 inches of the top. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. Now watch, I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens and creature that, that has breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. Now let me stop right there. Everything on earth will perish. Is that what it says? Yes. And God's nature is God's nature's Floyd. If that's true, as it was, the Bible says, as in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the coming of the Son, Son of Man. He saved Noah and his family in an ark, which now we know is Jesus Christ. But help me, Pastor Kenny. Who did he take away? Whoa, he did what? He took sin away, the people involved in sin. But he left the people in the ark on the earth. I'm giving you some truth there. Y'all better hold on to this. Everybody's trying to flee, and God's saying, I'll take care of the violence, but I'm going to leave you here to replenish, take dominion, and be rulers over that which I've said you'll have. Now, that's your free part. If you believe God is the same constant, constant, that he's going to do things like he's always done it, which I'm of the opinion he will, and he said he sent the flood and took them all away. Who did he take away? He didn't take Noah away. He left him there. So as in the days of Noah, so, so it shall also be. This is in the New Testament. It's going to be the same way. So when we start praying, God, take us away, you better check out what's going on in your life. Because he's, he's only going to take evil away, not goodness away. Now, it really doesn't matter if you love Jesus and you love the Lord. What I'm telling you may not mean a whole lot. Because you're still going to make it into heaven. 
But if you understand kingdom principle, kingdom principle is you don't leave here. You keep working and developing what God wants you to develop. Yes, he wants you to be prosperous. Yes, he wants you to be blessed. Yes, he wants you to be ruler over certain things. Why? People see your good works, and what do they do? The Bible says, when they see your good works, you glorify your Father which is in heaven. You see, the, the, the most important thing you can do in life is giving your life to Jesus Christ. And the only thing that saves you is the blood of Jesus. So I'm not telling you anything that's different. I'm just trying to tell you sometimes our theology is a little messed up because we're not seeing things clearly. We're just not seeing it clearly. So you've got people preaching and teaching that <clears throat> at any minute Jesus is coming back. Well, if he's coming back, he's coming back for a bride. He's coming back for people that are in control. A triumphant church. He said, I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth and destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has breath of life in it. Everything on the earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark. You and your sons and your wife and your sons, sons and wives with you. you will, and you are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures. Now, I'm going to go ahead and skip over all that. Understand, you know the story. This is the first time he says, I'm going to cut a covenant with you. I'm making a covenant with you. It's the first time it's mentioned in the Bible, right there. First time he said, I'm going to live to be 120 years old. And he shows you what's going to come in the days of Noah, if you'll see it. God has prepared an ark for all of us today, and his name is Jesus Christ. And we've been made free because of him. But let, hear me. Covenant demanded, it demanded agreement on Noah's part. He had to agree. He had never seen a boat like this. He didn't know what God was talking about. So much so God had to give him dimensions. If you're in covenant with God, mark this one down. God may ask you to do something you've never done before. But with it, he will give you provision you've never had before. Are y'all catching that? Y'all need to catch that. He may ask you, Kenny, to do something you've never done before. But if he asks you to do it and you put your hand to it, he'll give you provision you've never had before. That's from the Lord he gave it to me this morning. So understand how important it is for you to be in covenant. Covenant looks beyond everything else and says, Lord, what would you have me do? Because this is important. You say, but God doesn't understand my business. Are you serious? He knew about what you were going to do before you ever knew it. And he's trying to get you to get in connection with him. He wants you to be able to walk into that ark, Jesus Christ. And when the floodwaters of Disaster come on the earth. You're in the ark. You're in the ark with Jesus. Just think about building a structure that nobody had ever seen before. For a flood that nobody, it didn't happen on the earth like that. There was no rain, no, it was all mist, heavy mist at that time. No one had experienced it, but covenant will take you into places you've never experienced. He prepared the ark, 
And as he prepared the ark, he preached for 120 years. It took a while to build that boat. So covenant had to keep him alive to build it. He prepared the ark and during 120 years preached righteousness to that sinful generation. And I'll take you to 2 Peter 2, 4, and 5. I don't believe I gave him this. 2 Peter 2, 4 through 5 in the King James Version. For if God spared not the angels that sinned. He's talking about the rebellion in heaven. But cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved into judgment. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Bringing in the flood on who, Floyd? On who? And it carried them all a... All a... Thank you. Two shall be in the field and one shall be taken and one shall be left. Two shall be in the bed, one shall be taken, another be left. And see, we've, we've, we've twisted those verses, not realizing that we may be a little off on our doctrine. There again, let me say this. The most important thing you can do is follow Jesus Christ. And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. I'm just trying to show you how we can make, because when you know the truth, Gerald, it'll make you free. Not set you free, but make you free. See, I'm free. He wants you to love what you love and give to what you know you love. And be a part of what. That's why I said the women are so valuable. My God, I need you. But more than I need you, God needs you. God needs you to come together and be happy and talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. Talk about the good things of God. Talk about the kingdom of God. Talk about what God can do for you in your household. Well, why was Noah successful? Genesis 6.22, thus did Noah. Everything he asked him to do, did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so he did. 